Dior Talks. The Femil case uh, for me is about changing the way we present women in fashion. More like a subject, not uh, as an object. The women are represented in many different ways, not only one way. That is very important for me. It's also what I try to make with my work in Dior. There are many elements in the female case. Meet Pamela Hansen. She's one of the most successful fashion photographers in the world. In this episode of Dior Talks, we discuss the way Hansen has turned her lens on the leaders of the fashion world over a 30-year career to date. She's worked with every major name you can think of, and she's carved her path to success at a time when few women have been able to do so. I want to find out how she did it and what it's been like to work as a woman in the field. Does she think the fashion industry has changed in the last three decades? And can her photographs shape the way we see women in the future? I'm Charlotte Jansen. I'm a journalist and the author of Girl on Girl, a book exploring photography in the age of the female gaze. You're listening to Dior Talks, conversations on the female gaze. I was looking um, at your work and, you know, on your on your website, it's organised into, you've got your personal work kind of separate to, you know, some of your editorial and fashion mm-hmm. and advertising work. And I noticed that you've got a few landscape um, and kind of still life pictures there and some sort of family portraits and you is that is is landscape something that you're interested have you always always you know photographed nature and landscapes as as well at the same time as as photographing people and doing portraits well I've always been I mean I've been taking pictures since I was about 13 I think I put my first darkroom in the house so I've always documented my life pretty much so I have a lot I have an entire visual diary basically Wow. Um, so it always includes, you know, whatever catches my eye. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I didn't become a photographer to go into fashion. I was taking pictures before mm-hmm. for years. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, it's, you know, I think everybody is doing the same thing. Every photographer is kind of documenting their life at the moment. So it's kind of, intre- it's interesting. Mm. And so how did you, you mentioned that you didn't necessarily expect or plan to get into fashion photography. So how did that happen? Because you, you know, you have become, you know, one of, if not the most successful photographer in fashion and you've worked in the industry for for decades now. That's true. How how did it all happen? How did it all start? (laughs) It started that I always took pictures. I studied photography, but really I wanted to be an art historian. I figured that was a job I could do to be a curator in a museum. And I, after school, I went to work in a photo gallery in Boston. I'd been in school in Colorado. And then I went down to New York for the auctions. And I met one night, I was with a friend, we met this fashion photographer in a, you know, in a bar. And I was like, what's a fashion photographer? How do you become a fashion <laughs> photographer? That sounds like fun. <laughs> and I was always interested in, in people. I've always been interested in personalities and life and, you know, catching a moment. And so he said, well, you become an assistant. He kind of explained to me how it went. And then I moved back to Colorado to live with a boyfriend and I had to get a job. So I looked up the law and he was studying. He was a lawyer, but he was 
I had met him in the darkroom originally in school. And he um, huh. he was doing fashion, starting to do fashion. So I just was, went down to Denver and I was like, who's the fashion photographer? And I just asked him for a job as an assistant. And I did that for a year. And then I started looking at fashion. You know, I did all his printing, basically. I was in the darkroom for a year. Um, and then I started looking at fashion magazines and kind of understanding how it, how it all, you know, and certain the photographers language. that inspired. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And testing with models. And then I moved one of my oldest and best friends. We had lost touch for a year. And I was like, she was in art school. And I was like, what are you doing now? And she's like, oh, I'm making, I'm modeling to make some money. And I was like, that's so funny. I'm working with a fashion photographer. So then I moved to Paris. I went to see her in Paris. And then I moved there and, you know, started recording life. I mean... It was just, and all my friends were models because that was the age, you know, that we were. And I just kind of recorded their life in Paris. And so that was how it all just kind of happened organically. You're known for your way that you kind of work with your subjects so that you have this, you know, he talks about the early days and how you were friends with a lot of the models that you're shooting. Did that kind of stay consistent over the years? And or have you used that as a kind of base then for how you work with people when you're shooting them? Well, I have to have some kind of connection with who I'm shooting. So it, and people interest me, obviously it's, it's changed so much because now I'm so much older than the girl, you know, it's changed from being the same age to being, but I'm still really close. Like all the girls I photographed then, I mean, you know, like Christy and Naomi and Kate and, they're all, there was a certain connection, I think, during that time. I'm sure it's true now as well. Um, but I always have to have some kind of connection. I mean, I'm just really interested in people and how they function and how what touches them and what moves them. And what I try to do is to get something of that across, just, just to have that image where you look, you know, like I always loved Lartigue's pictures or, mm-hmm. you know, street photography because I was like, oh, or Sally Mann's photographs, because I really, I got emotional when, you know, you feel the emotion Mm -hmm. coming from them. Incredible, yeah. So that's what I try to do is is bond with them so that we have some kind of, where I can get some kind of emotion from them. And, 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 you know, an idea of who they are. Yeah, and there's one particular photo from 1996 that you took of um, it's Stephanie and Naomi in Miami. I think it was featured in Vogue, or published in Vogue. And that picture, I mean, just exactly as you're describing, for me, it's this kind of behind-the-scenes sort of downtime moment where they perhaps let their guard down that neither of them are looking at the camera, I think. Um, you know, unaware, but, like, getting... You, you, closer to I guess who they who they really are and it's just such a moment in time just sort of frozen this really beautiful well I'm glad that was successful that was the idea I mean you know the thing is there was no social media then so in a way social media is kind of ruined I mean I'm listen I like Instagram as much as anybody else but you know the kind of spontaneity and trust like the girls Mm -hmm. you know you would be in this world that we would create this world and I've always really been inspired by film or, you know, we're like, okay, two girls in Miami, you're running around, you're going to get your hair done, you're, you know, and, yeah. and there was just a lot of trust in that because, you know, that was, that was just the mood of the moment. It was a very different time to, I mean, 
I'm sure the girls are the same now. The you know I shoot more celebrities now than a lot of the models, except mm-hmm. I still shoot the models from. And it's it's much more difficult now, I think, to get that because people are so paranoid about what's going to get mm-hmm. out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They don't want to let their their guard down. Yeah. They don't know if they don't know you. I guess it can end up all over the internet within seconds. And and there's also that thing of people pushing to get pictures of certain people as well. And I guess. At that point, you didn't have that. That was still this kind of almost innocence that we don't have now. Exactly. It was a very, very different time. And, you know, they were famous. People recognize them. But it's just not the same as now where it's completely mad. But, you know, you can't go backwards. You just kind of have to deal with what's in the moment. But, you know, I like creating stories. And the girls, you know, I like the girls like to be. You know, it's what I love about photography. It's like when you look at the different... I feel like when you look at certain people's photographs, you really understand what makes them passionate. Like I've always loved Helmut Newton's pictures. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I couldn't take a picture like that if my life depended on it. it's not mine because it was so him. It was really him down. He just loved women. You know, today people mm-hmm. might think it was really sexist or whatever, but I knew him, and it just, it just wasn't. I can't explain it, but you know, maybe. Maybe it was, but I just think I love looking at images of people that I really feel like that's from, you know, comes from them. And then nobody mm-hmm. else could take that picture. Right. And that's, you know, that, it, that only they could take that picture. And it, there's a lot of photographers now, it's, which is the same. So you knew, you knew Helmut. Did you? Yeah. You met him and you, was he someone that inspired you? You know, I always loved his pictures. Uh, early on, it was more Lartigue. I was really interested in movement and, and emotion. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know Helmut's work until I started doing, you know, I was really interested in Lee Miller when I was studying photography. You know, she was an incredible female photographer who was, you know, and in, really and Dorothea Lang, and that was when I was, before I got into fashion. I really discovered Helmet once I got into fashion. Right. You know, I, I grew up in Switzerland. I never really looked at fashion, and it wasn't really part of my, I was more into art. And Right, yeah, it's very it's very serious, her culture in Switzerland, doesn't it? I think it still has, um, you know, very intellectual kind of, you know, the art and everything there that they do is still like to a very kind of, specific and high intellectual standards. Well, I think, you know, when you're studying art history, you're really studying different kinds of photography to fashion. And then once I discovered fashion, and obviously I knew about Avedon and Irving Penn. No, I wanted to say that I love um, Helmut's widow, June Newton, or Alice Springs, as she was known as a photographer. I actually love her work. I think the photograph she's taken of 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 women in particular she did a series of um like with women and their children I think like she had an incredible eye um for those kind of moments where people were sort of caught a bit off guard I love her work too but that's a classic example of being overshadowed by her husband you published a book called girls in 2001 so kind of ahead Mm -hmm. of this second wave of like the female gaze which I guess began you know about 10 years ago when it you know when social media kind of brought it up and it's become a whole different thing again why did you decide to do that book at that point what was your sort of motivation and well I wanted to do a book and I just started going through my archives and I wanted to do something that felt really personal 
I mean, I love women and I love photographing women. I mean, I think the camera for me a lot, and I thought it was thinking about it recently. It was more kind of you could be involved, but it's also as an observer. And, you know, some people love to be photographed. And it's really fun when you're photographing someone that loves to be photographed. And I think that's what a really good model loves to be photographed. You know, really, it was very, started very innocently. I mean, I had just moved to New York, and I really decided I wanted to do a book. And so I just started going through all my archives, and then I just honed it down to girls. You know, I photographed a lot of men, too. And, you know, the boys' book came. It was less successful, but... Hmm. Interesting. I, it was fun. It was fun photographing men as well, you know, and I think having boys. But, you know, I think there was an intimacy with girls, and I just don't think that there was that many people at the time that had photographed women the way I did. I guess, I mean, looking back on it, honestly, it wasn't a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. But when I think about it now, it was, it was, I guess it was unusual. Yeah, and I guess there was something in that that made you separate out those pictures as well, because... You know, you've got the girls and the boys. We look at them separately then. And so that does come to the fore. You know, they're not necessarily their sexuality, but their gender, certainly, or their, right. you know, and the way the way they might interact with you then, you know, it kind of emphasizes that dynamic in a certain sense. Even if it's subtle, you know, I think that that is there and you can see the differences in the pictures. And in the same way, you can see if you compare your pictures of, of men and of boys with, with the way that a, a man might photograph right. another man. You know, you said that you weren't really conscious necessarily of this female gaze, you know, as a as an idea or as a, an ideology in your work. Um, though, you know, now it kind of connects very strongly with that. Is that important to you now? And how would you define it? I mean, when you hear this kind of term being bandied around now, like what does it kind of mean to you? You know, I don't really think about it that much because... It's just always been part of what I do. Um, so it's not like a conscious thing. I think that people are aware of it now. I think it's great. There's so many women that are successful and have great careers. You know, I think a lot of the way men and women react differently, the models would react differently to the men. I just, you know, there's, I guess the female gaze, I mean, it's obviously to me it's different because women, people respond differently to different people. But it also depends Mm. what kind of woman that is that's photographing them. I mean, just because it's a female, I don't know. I'm confused, to be honest, by the female gaze. What I think is great about it is that it's bringing attention to female photographers Mm -hmm. and giving them, but to me, it's like, of course it's a female gaze. It's a female taking a picture. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And I think I don't really put a label on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we are kind of obsessed with doing that these days. Um, but I think that it is a it is a confusing term because I don't think it's fully defined defined or necessarily even is definable because I think some people interpret it as just like any work that's made by women. Um and others interpret it as kind of having a feminist agenda or, you know, different ways of interpreting it, I guess. But fundamentally, I think, you know, from what you're saying as well, that there is a special kind of exchange when a woman photographs another woman and looks at another woman in that way. And I think, you know, a lot of the the way that you talk about the atmosphere in your work and this kind of friendship and kinship um, is that kind of sisterhood in a way, and that's conveyed through the images. And... 
How is it to photograph some of the, you know, those iconic 90s supermodels like Kate Moss and Naomi Campbell? You photographed them, you know, really as they were emerging, um, becoming kind of world famous, to, again, completely different times. Really fun. You know. Yeah, It was really fun and they were super generous. You know, I mean, Naomi was always late, but who cares? You know, they were very (laughs) generous when they arrived and very committed to, you know, they're still incredible. I mean, I cannot see Kate for like 10 years and run into her and she's like, hey, you know, they're not, they're not elitist, but all those girls, I mean, they worked, they worked incredibly hard. Yeah. And they loved what they did. And did you get a sense of them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were friends. You know, still, when I see them now, it's like we're always really happy to see each other. There's nothing snobby or, you know, it's a whole... What do you think of, you know, seeing how it's changed? How how do you work with that now when you're photographing people and, you know, with with everything being so, so much changed and the discourse kind of around... I guess, celebrity and fame and beauty and feminism, media, like all of that is kind of frenzied now. Well, I think a lot of people are much more self-conscious. It's much harder to break down, have a good time. It's, you know, it's very different because people are so controlled. I was watching the Kevin O'Quine documentary, The Makeup Artist, and, you know, he was videoing all these people behind the scenes. And you could, it'd be really difficult to do that now. Because people are like, what is that for? Where are they going to see that? I don't want people to see me without me, you know. Yeah. So you don't think you could take those pictures in the same way that you did back then? You couldn't take them again now? Oh, I think I think I could. I think you can, mm. definitely. I mean, a lot of people still do. I mean, I, I find it right. really interesting looking at your work that in your personal, you know, work or however, I don't know how you kind of... Um, divide it up in your mind if it's really that separate or not because I guess it's all still coming from you it's all still your your kind of eye on things um but it is really interesting that those pictures seem much more I guess um obviously they're more natural um than you know an advertising campaign or so it's it's almost like a subtle statement on that for me because you see women the women that you photographed there and there's like some beautiful like very tender portraits um families you know mothers with their children your own mother and they just feel um they're still very beautiful but it's a very different kind of representation of beauty for me when I look at those pictures compared to say some of the the big campaigns you know I think when you're not when you're not trying to sell something it's a different kind of spontaneity of I mean I would love to be able to you know and I think originally in like the 90s you were able to mix them in better Mm -hmm. you know I think the style of what's going on now feels more controlled I don't know you know I find the whole retouching and everything that's what's going to be really interesting to me about what's going on right now because people Mm -hmm. are like I'm shooting my daughter-in-law we're not using hair and makeup you know she might put some lipstick Mm. on or something so Mm -hmm. you know I just I'm wondering if that's going to break down a lot of that you know when you see people going back to shooting film and things like that I think it's it's an effort to try and get away from the over retouched over controlled images which I find really frustrating do you feel a responsibility about that as a photographer and as as a photographer whose images are so prominently out in the world that you know yeah I mean a lot of the time I've shot Christy and there's no retouch you know very little retouch I mean have to do a little something just because digital is so kind of intense 
But yeah, I remember this one, this was years ago, talking to this girl that used to be a model. This was probably like six, when they first started doing retouching. And, you know, the covers of the magazines, there would be no skin. It would look like two eyes and a nose. And she really thought people looked like that. <laughs> and she was going in and I said, that's completely made up. Yeah, yeah. I said, you're trying to look like that? Yeah. First of all, why would you want to? Right. Um, you know, it's like my mother's never done anything to herself, ever. And I'm not saying yeah. that, you know, listen, I'm not judging on all that, but all I'm saying is there's something nice about really seeing women for what, I think there's been so much pressure for youth. She, she just don't want women to look like that anymore. Or I don't. Yeah, I think it's a massive issue because I think about teenage girls now looking at Instagram and there's all those filters and, you know, oh, know. we know that it has, you know, it has started certain like cosmetic surgery trends among like, you know, 20 year old girls getting Botox or in Korea, certain beauty treatments, you know, popping up just because of that aesthetic um, of these photographs that are unrealistic. You know, they're not photos that exist. You know, those people don't exist in reality. It's a manipulation. So it is quite... Um, I mean, all those pictures from the 90s, there was no retouching. Zero. Mm. And was that the experience when you shot the... Because you shot the autumn winter campaign in 2018 for Dior... Right, um, and that that was inspired by this incredible Goddard film that I love, *Une femme est une femme*, a woman is a woman, um, which in itself was a very like revolutionary f cinematic work. At the t you know, I think it came out in '61, and it was a new way of kind of portraying a female protagonist or female character. She's really kind of complex. I mean, Anna Karina is stars in it. Such a great amazing. movie, amazing. amazing. How I mean, how did that all come about, and was that? Did, because Maria Grazia is kind of known for, I guess, picking exactly the right person for the right thing and working with these stories as well that you were saying you love to do. Yeah, well, that was, it was, for me, it was like the perfect, well, they reached out to me to ask me if I was interested in doing it. And it's exactly what I love to do. I mean, I've always been inspired by film. I've always been inspired by stories. So it was kind of the perfect storm for me. I mean, it was so much fun to do. The girls were game. The girls were great. The creative, you know, Fabian Baron was wonderful. Maria Grazia was, it was super satisfying mm -hmm. um, and really fun. And just being able to create. Oh, I did a deep dive into Godard when I was doing that too. And there's so many good mm -hmm. visual images. Wow. But yeah, he was kind of ahead of his time too. I mean, it couldn't be couldn't be better, really, to have that one connect with you know Maria Grazia's vision of like you know reframing femininity and how we look at women and you know feminism and and all of that, and then still have this incredible beauty and style with it. Yeah, it's amazing what she's done. It's incredible. I mean, I really, really admire and respect her a lot because. No one else has gone out on a limb like that, you know, in this industry. You also did another shoot for them, didn't you? Yeah, I've done a couple of more shoots for the magazine. Mm -hmm. Which is an incredibly cool platform. I think it's not um, known enough, but it's, you know, compared to sort of the campaigns, which obviously, you know, everyone gets to see. But the magazine's doing some very, like, cutting-edge work, like working with with incredible photographers on really cool projects. What, what have you shot for them? Because I know you've done a few things. I've done a couple of stories for them. And it's, you know, girls on vacation, basically. 
mm-hmm. hanging out, which is, you know, everything I love, like three girls hanging out together. We shot one in Key West, and then we just shot one in Harbor Island. You know, and which I really appreciate is I really feel like they hire me to do what I do best, as I said before, and what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the magazine's done incredible stuff. The whole thing they did in Mexico. and No, it's really... I agree with you. I think it's a really amazing platform. And I think they've managed to hire a lot of women that have a totally different point of view, which I also really love. I mean, yeah, that's that's part of her vision, isn't it? To bring in all these different, um, yeah. I guess, perspectives on on what it means to be a woman, and and it might be subtle and, and not necessarily even out there. You know, like I think, like I'm understanding from what you're saying that a lot of the times it's quite unconscious for you, but it comes very naturally because you have this like bond and this rapport with women, right? And you kind of appreciate them, you know, and obviously understand them because you're a woman yourself. So exactly, do you think then that that initiatives like that? genuinely drive the kind of conversation forward and can can make a difference and can change the way we if not see women at least the way we represent women yeah you know it really upsets me that we have to make the distinction with women photographers Mm. but they're as talented as so many if not more talented than a lot of the men they don't go around calling men male photographers Mm -hmm. yeah that's like the default yeah and it's it's still, I find a little disrespectful because I'm like, no, they're, they're super talented photographers, you know, but well, listen, whatever it takes to get it out there and to give women more of a platform to show their work and more power, yeah. you know, sign me up. But um, no, women have to support each other, period. That's the end of story mm-hmm. because, you know, that's where the power is. And that's what Maria Grazia is doing. Were there any particular photographers, you know, women or, or otherwise, that that influenced or inspired you to do what you do, apart, apart from the ones you've mentioned already? Uh, definitely Sally Mann, definitely Lartigue, um, definitely Lee Miller, mm. and Dorothea Lang. You know, I was really interested in the women in those days that were going off and traveling on their own. Yeah, I guess just the journey is not just the pictures that's kind of makes it. There's actually a, a great documentary on Lee Miller that's just come out. Have you seen it? I think it's on BBC. Yeah, BBC. Oh, really? No, I haven't. It's really, really good. I mean, she was really powerful and a really good photographer. Um, now, you know, I, tr- I look at a lot of film, as I said, and I have an enormous library of photo books. I try not to look too much because I think it's really e- easy to lose sight of what is coming from you and trying. To- Do you see what I mean? Yeah, it can be confusing. Yeah. I try to just stay focused on my point of view and how I'm feeling emotionally about it and, and not, you know, but there's uh, so many photographs and photographers that I love that actually as I said before, just because I feel so strongly that it's their point of view that no one else could take that picture. And I think now there's mm-hmm. so much, because people have access to so many images. I see so much like, oh, that's yeah. just a direct copy of that Richard Avedon, or that's a direct copy of the Bruce Weber, or, you know. And what makes a great picture then, do you think? Like, what gives a picture that sense that only this person could have taken it? Or is it too difficult to define that? I think it's everything. You know, I think it's lighting. I, it's an, I have, for me, it's an emotional reaction. It's not an intellectual one. You know, I just saw this incredible yeah. movie, uh, Portrait of a Girl on Fire, which is just mm-hmm. so beautifully shot. 
you know, and people were like, oh, I thought the movie was slow. It was boring. I was like, I was so happy the entire time I was watching that movie. <laughs> um, shot by a woman, directed by a woman, it turns out, about a relationship between two women. Um, but I think it's an emotional, I think it's an emotional reaction to things. Or for me it is, you know, it's, it's just kind of what moves you and what doesn't. And sometimes, you know, I guess if you really start to think about it, I like it when it's like, oh, that's a moment. I've seen that. You know, that's like a moment, an emotion. I know something about that person. And it doesn't, you know, very often there's like these beautiful images and like Harley Weir, for example. I mean, I think her images are incredible. I couldn't take a picture like that if my life depended on it. You know, which I love that it's so rich and kind of like what drives her. It's, it's super interesting to me. Pamela, thank you so much. I think that this, I think we've got it. I hope that was helpful. Oh, yeah, it was super interesting. Um, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. 